We do not have to walk in fear. This presentation was given by Father Isaac Mary Relier on Holy Thursday in the 220th year of our Lord and is sponsored by the Fatima Center. Ave Maria, this is Father Isaac from the Fatima Center on this holy feast of the Last Supper. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin, O Virgins, our Mother, to thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Mother of the Word incarnate, despise our petition, within thy mercy hear and answer. Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Francis, pray for us. Saint Peter, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. As we celebrate one of the greatest feasts in the Church, the Last Supper, I'd like to read from the Gospel of today's Mass. So it's a continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Before the festival day of the Pasch, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And when supper was done, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. Knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand, and that he came from God and goeth to God, he riseth from the supper and layeth aside his garments, and having taken a towel, girded himself. After that, he put it water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. He cometh therefore to Simon Peter, and Peter said it to him, Lord, does thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt knowest hereafter. Peter said it to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou shalt have no part with me. Simon Peter said it to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said it to him, He that is washed needeth not but to wash his feet, but is clean holy. And you are clean, but not all. For he knew who he was that would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. And after he had washed their feet and taken his garments, being set down again, he said to them, Know ye what I have done to you. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If then I, being your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that as I have done to you, so you do also. Thus far the words of Holy Scripture. Having loved his own, he loved them into the end. Those are the words of the gospel today. Our Lord gave us 
the greatest proof of his divine love on this night. And those hours, the Last Supper, are filled with God's love and mercy, also filled with betrayal. That we know that Judas had already set the price to hand Jesus over to the Sanhedrin. We also know that Peter was about to deny our Lord and all the apostles except John were about to abandon him in his passion. We see that our Lord tonight washes the feet of the apostle. Our Lord reveals to us the perfection of fraternal charity on the same evening that he instituted the Eucharist as if to indicate that such perfection should be both the fruit of the sacrament of the Eucharist and our response to this great gift. And so that charity is the response from the Eucharist. And this is something that is important that we should examine our conscience, that when we receive our Lord, is it bearing fruit? And this is one of the reasons why our Lord washed the feet of the apostles. The first reason is our Lord wished to cleanse his apostles perfectly from sin and prepare their souls for the reception of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And if you are not prepared to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ, St. Paul tells us you bring condemnation on yourself. And we see that the first sacrilege of receiving the Eucharist unworthily took place that night when Judas, hand chosen by our Lord, received the Eucharist and committed a grave sacrilege. Another reason our Lord washed the feet of the apostle is to give us an example of humility and brotherly love. This is important that our Lord wants us to imitate his love. Peter, we could see, love for Jesus was tremendous. At first, he's thinking on a natural level and he says, I will never let you wash my feet, Lord. But our Lord corrected him. And Peter, who exercises the virtue of obedience and faith, he humbled himself and saw that he was wrong because our Lord corrected him. And then he embraced our Lord. He let our Lord wash his feet. And then our Lord says, I've given you an example that as I have done, you may also do. And this is important for us to realize how important charity is. That we could judge the degree we love our Lord by the degree we love our enemy. This is important that God wants us to extend charity to our neighbors. He wants us to buy these acts of charity to lead souls to him. And as we in this great crisis, not only in America, but throughout the whole world, now is the time for charity more than ever. Now is the time, number one, to love God with all our heart, soul, our mind, our body. And then the fruits of that is to love our neighbor. And so our Lord, after washing the feet of the apostles, he institutes the Holy Eucharist. Jesus exhausted the resources of a love and offers himself to man, not only as a redeemer who will die on the cross, but also as the food to nourish him. Our Lord keeps his promise when he told us, I will be with you until the end of time. 
And our Lord remains with us till the end of time in the Holy Eucharist. No matter how hard they try to suppress the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, these evil people in the world, and even our bishops, cardinals, they can never do it. There will always be the offering of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass by faithful priests throughout the world. And now we're going to see that that will take place underground. The church is going underground, but the church will survive. And Jesus will be faithful to his promise and will be with us until the end of time. St. Catherine of Siena, the great saint, says to our Lord, Oh, you who are mad about your creatures, true God and true man, you have left yourself holy to us as food so that we will not fall through weariness during our pilgrimage in this life. What will be fortified by you, celestial nourishment? It's the end of that quote. What a powerful quote that our Lord is mad, madly in love with his creatures. Our Lord doesn't need us. Our Lord didn't have to create us. He chose to create us. He chose to share his love with us. Not only that, but he creates us in his image and his likeness to be with him for eternity. That we, if we are faithful, we will experience the beatific vision. That we who walk in faith and hope and charity will not despair in these times because we know that our Lord is with us. If God is for us, who can be against, against us? Greater is he who is in me than is in the world. And our Lord has given us this great gift of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the Eucharist, to strengthen us, as St. Catherine said, so that we will not fall through weariness during our pilgrimage in this life. Our Lord knows how difficult this pilgrimage is for us, but we do not walk alone. We do not carry our cross alone. And that's the problem with some people. They think they're doing it on their own. They're on their own. Peter, at first, his pride got in the way, and he wanted to do it his way, not Jesus' way. And our Lord says, my ways are above your ways, as high as the heavens are above the earth. My ways are above yours. Who could even begin that Jesus would wash a human being's feet, a creature, that he humbled himself? But he did, and he chose that way. My friends, we need the Eucharist to make it through this journey, our pilgrimage. Because we are on a pilgrimage. And this life is not lasting. We see so many people panicking throughout the whole world. The whole world has gone crazy. The whole world has abandoned God. The world doesn't want to know God. The world denies the social reign of Jesus Christ, King of heaven and earth. And the world puts themselves above God. These people do not have the theological virtue of faith. They do not have the theological virtue of hope. And so they put their trust in material things. And they judge everything now by the present. And what do they have? And so now the people are panicking throughout the world because of their lack of faith. And many, many people are walking in fear. We do not have to fear because Christ, if we are in the state of grace, dwells within us. We do not have to fear because he has given us his own flesh and blood to nourish us, to get us through these times. In the early church, 
when they, they were modern Catholics by the thousands in the Colosseum. All the Catholics, they went to Mass almost every day if they could to receive the Eucharist. Why? Because they knew they would not be able to sustain themselves without the Lord. They would give in to the persecution without being fed by our Lord in the Eucharist. They would, they would be oh, left to themselves. And this is the crime of what's going on today in this crisis. That our bishops have denied their flock, the Eucharist. This is a disgrace. The people need the body and blood of Jesus Christ to strengthen them through this journey. And God will provide for us. So, while they were preparing for Jesus a most cruel debt, what did he do? He gave them the means of obtaining eternal salvation. And this is the, the beauty of tonight's beautiful feast. And we see the manifestation of how deep the love of God is. That when our Lord is going to be put to death, that he's betrayed by one of his closest friends, one of the first apostles, the first bishops of the church. When he was betrayed, denied by Peter and abandoned by the apostles. How does he respond? He responds with the greatest miracle of all times. That he gives us the Eucharist. He gives us himself totally. So he wrought the most astounding miracle on omnipotence. That he might remain with us forever. As he went forth from the Father without leaving him, so does he go forth from the world without leaving us. Jesus, by unceasing proof of his love, advances to meet ungrateful men, even those who have betrayed him. He teaches us that our charity is far from his unless we repay evil with good, to forgive everything and are willing to repay with kindness those who have done us wrong. My Holy Father, St. Francis, says, where there is no love, put it there. My friends, let us be grateful for this holy gift of the Eucharist. Let us pray that the fruits of the Eucharist will flourish in us and that we will respond to this hatred of the world. We will respond to those who do not believe in Christ. That we will respond to our bishops, prelates that have abandoned us with love, with true love, that we will pray for them and that through our meekness, they will be converted. Through our love for them, we will be like Christ and they will be converted as we unite with Christ on the cross because the holy sacrifice at a mass, our Lord is being, is the unbloody sacrifice being renewed every day. And that's the best way to participate in the Mass, is to unite yourself with the priest who offers the sacrifice as an oblation, and to offer yourself in union with the priest to Christ as a sacrifice, that we too will hang on the cross with Jesus, that we too will forgive our enemies, and we will respond to them as Christ responds to us, that he loved us when we were his enemies, and we must love others. Our Lord tells us, greater love than this no man has, 
than to lay down his life for his brothers. And we could see that in order for the Eucharist to last to the end, that our Lord could physically be with us, body, soul, divinity, our Lord instituted the holy priesthood, one of the greatest gifts, because the priest, number one obligation is to offer sacrifice, to offer sacrifice. And this is the mass that the priest offers Jesus in atonement for his sins and the sins of others. And we can see how important it is that the priesthood follows totally in imitating Christ. All are called to imitate Christ, but so much more, even the priest. That the priest must offer sacrifice, but he also, like Christ, must not only be priest, but he must be a victim. And this is what's missing in the church today. This is what's missing. We need to pray for all priests. Pray for this priest and all priests and our prelates that they will be true shepherds as Jesus Christ, that they will be willing to lay down their life for the flock, for their sheep. And we see how fear has struck the shepherds. We see that the shepherds have scattered the sheep instead of gathering the sheep. We see how they, instead of beating off the wolves, they have left us to be devoured by the wolves. Let us pray for all priests and all bishops that they may be faithful, that on this holy day the priesthood will be renewed, that in order for there to be renewal in the Catholic Church today, the renewal must come from the top down, from the Pope down. It doesn't work any other way because that's the way Christ established. The priest must imitate Christ. And Christ looked like he was a failure. Christ let them capture him. He surrendered to them. When the soldiers came, he knocked them down by with his divinity. He could have struck them dead, but he didn't. He let them know that you don't take me. I surrender because this is my will. This is my father's will that I sacrifice myself for all of mankind. And this is the attitude that all priests should have, that we too must surrender ourselves to the holy will of God. That we shouldn't be afraid of any virus, any plague. We shouldn't be afraid of these communists that are taking over the world. But we must pray for their conversion and we must be a witness to Christ. This is my prayer. This should be our prayer on this Holy Thursday. That Jesus Christ will renew his church. Jesus Christ will be triumphant. Everybody is so filled with fear today. And the one thing that these globalists, these evil men in the world and in the church forget is that this is Jesus Christ's church, that Jesus Christ is king of heaven and earth, that nothing happens without our Lord permitting it, that no one can touch a hair on your head without the permission of Christ. And when God does allow these things to happen, if he permits evil to happen to us, it's to bring a great a good out. If he allows these chastisements to fall upon us, it is to strengthen us, and he will be victorious. He is victorious already. Let us cling to the mother of God, my friends, because Our Lady, in order for us to even understand 
this holy day, in order for us to understand the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the Eucharist, we must go to Our Lady because she is the mediatrix of all graces. And Our Lady gave us Jesus. He is flesh of a flesh, bone of a bone. And what is the Eucharist? It is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And where did Jesus receive his body and his blood? He received it from his mother, the Blessed Virgin. Let us go to her and she will grant us the graces to enter deeper into this mystery of Holy Thursday. That we will appreciate the Eucharist. That we will come to know Jesus truly present. When we read the statistics today, it's over 75%, even high now, people, Catholics that don't believe in the true presence. And it's not hard to believe because when you walk into a church, you see the way people dress. I have walked into Adoration Chapel not too long ago before everything was shut down to worship our Lord in the Eucharist. And I was scandalized by seeing these women walking in with gym shorts on, sweatpants and so on and so forth. If we love our Lord, we can't go before our Lord. You can't dress like that anyway. It's grave sin to dress immodest. You lead people into sin. But it's a sign that we don't believe in the Eucharist. We don't believe in our Lord's presence. And we need to beg Our Lady for this gift of faith that we do believe. And that we will, and by our actions, we will show that we believe. Let us pray for these things on this Holy Thursday. What a time it is for the church. I've talked to so many people, a friend of mine in her 70s, called me the other day and was was basically almost in tears saying, Father, it's the first time in my life that I haven't gone to Mass on Palm Sunday. The first time that I'm not going to be able to participate in Holy Week in the church. We're being denied this. What a shame, my friends. What a shame. And this is what's going on. But now that our Lord has been taken from you and you are deprived of his presence, Pray that it will be restored. Pray that our Lord will, will put an end to this crisis. And he will when he's, when he's ready. But absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think during this terrible crisis, many of us will realize the gift that we have, that God has given us. And how, how it is that sometimes we take too many things for granted. Sometimes we don't realize what we have until it's taken. So let us pray for this gift of faith from Our Lady. Let us pray as we go through this Holy Week. We are literally walking through the passion with Jesus Christ, who is our head. As the head goes through the passion, so must the body. No slave is greater than his master. We are privileged, my friends, to carry the cross with Christ. I quoted the other day from Our Lady of La Salette. She said that it will seem like the church is in an eclipse and that the world will be in dismay. And it's true. It seems that the church is totally hidden. Like an eclipse when the moon blocks the sun. You can't see the sun no more. But is the sun still there? Yes, it is. And so now it seems like the church is totally scattered. The church is underground. 
The church will always, always prevail. The church will never go away. Let us pray that God will put an end to this crisis once again. Let us pray for our enemies. Let us exercise these virtues that Christ is showing us tonight in Holy Thursday, instituting the Holy Eucharist of obedience, of humility. When I say obedience, obedience to God, to Christ, obedience to his holy church, the true church. So many people, especially priests, are following false commands from their shepherds. This, my friends, is not good. We don't give glory to God by false obedience. Let us be totally obedient to Christ. Let us be obedient to the supreme law of the church. That the salvation of the souls is a supreme law. Nothing but nothing precedes them. Let us be humble like St. Peter and our Lord was. In humility, what does that mean? Number one, to be grounded in the truth. In humility, we must beg God to deliver us because in humility we realize that we don't have the answers. This world's answer is some vaccination that will probably, if we if it comes, will be the mark of the beast that they want to put this vaccination in. I don't reckon don't ever get that vaccination. It's from hell. And you can't trust these people. They want to kill us. That's what they're doing right now. And that vaccination, they're going to have a way to identify. Bill Gates says they have it already. He developed, he put over a hundred million dollars into this vaccination. And he tells us that we'll be on lockdown for 18 months because that's how long it's going to take to develop this vaccination. Don't fall for this nonsense. Let us pray that we don't reach that point. Let us pray that our Lord, our lady will crush the head of the serpent. Before we get to that point, but it's in the scripture, the mark of the beast. This may be it. I hope it's not. And so, so many people, they got people today because they have no faith. They're begging for a vaccination. They're begging for help from the government that wants to crush us. The government that has no love for God. The government that disobeys the laws of God. The church leaders that have no use for the laws of God. And that's what's sad, that the leaders of a church go along with all this nonsense. And that's because they've been bribed. In the United States, once again, a U.S. bishops conference take in over half a billion dollars a year from the U.S. government. They will do what they're told. doesn't matter if it goes against the laws of God. So let us be obedient to Christ and to his church, and to the true teachings of the church. Let us, in humility, we have to acknowledge this. Our Lord says in the scriptures, Come to me, all those who are heavy burdened, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and I will give your soul rest. My friends, let us turn to the Lord today in his holy feast of the Last Supper. Let us turn to him in the Eucharist, and if you can't receive him, do spiritual communions. When St. Alphonse tells you receive almost the same amount of grace as if you're receiving the Eucharist. And you do. And the more you do those spiritual communions, the more you'll desire God, the more grace you'll go. God 
will strengthen you. And he'll give you the great desire. And that day comes and you can receive the Eucharist again. You will appreciate it so much more. And you will thank God. Before I give the final blessing, I'd like to thank everyone who has been supporting the Fatima Center. Uh, we cannot be th- thankful enough. Enjoy your help and support. We have been able to, we're going to continue to put these uh, videos out. I have to apologize. We're having many technical difficulties. So please pray that we get through these difficulties. We're working on them all. That's why this picture today may be a little blurry. I hope not, but we do the best we could. Please bow your head and pray for God's blessing. Pax et benedicto de omnipotente, patri, filio, spiritu, santi, descendus, super vos, mine et semper, amen. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Our prayer is that this presentation may enlighten your faith, strengthen your hope, and inflame your charity. For more resources regarding the message of Our Lady of Fatima and the Catholic faith, we invite you to visit our website, www.fatima.org. Our Lady of Fatima, Pray for us.